Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. And I would like to, to um, go to share with you something about the church first before we go into the communion. And it is very important for us to understand. And I want to ask you a question. Does, I mean, do you know what the church is? Or the church, does the church matter to you? Does it matter? So what, what is your understanding of church? What do you think church is? So I want to share with you, and I want to read Matthew chapter 16. Um, and also there is another passage that I will be reading later on. Um, but I'm going to read <clears throat> from the Amplified Bible. This episode here was when Jesus came into a place and then he started to talk to his disciples and they're asking him who he was. What people thought about him. Who Jesus is for you. Um, so he starts um, in verse... See which thirteen. Now, when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, "Who do people say that the Son of Man is?" And they answered, "Some say John the Baptist; others say Elijah; and others." Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he said to them, but the who do you yourselves say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are Christ, the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed or happy, fortunate, or to be envied are you Simon Barjona for flesh and blood or men have not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven I tell you you are Peter in, in Greek Petros a, a large piece of rock oh, but on this rock Petra a huge rock like Gibraltar for you to have an idea, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. In other words, the realm of the dead, that's what it means, will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
and whatever you bind or declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven and whatever you lose or declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Then he sternly and strictly charged and warned the disciples to tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, Jesus began clearly to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the high priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised from the dead. So, let's pray. Father, help us to understand all your churches. Help us on this reflection about your church. Help us today to understand what you called us to be part of, but also to do as part of your church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I have some water, please. Now, in my Christian life, I saw people attend church. Many people attending church. I saw many people accepting Jesus Christ as the Savior and the Lord of their lives. I have witnessed many incredible experiences of people who have confessed Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives. I used to travel uh, to evangelize in remote cities in my state. I mean, my state is it's called a state, the general mind state. Is, we call it uh, a state of Minas Gerais. It's where the British people are or where um, collecting all the gold and the precious stones. Um, <clears throat> even some of, of the queen, now the king um, um, crown used some of it, I guess. But uh, um, in, in my state, we have about more than 800 cities. And some of those cities at the time have never heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I had a very clear uh, mission field right in front of me. Uh, I was living in the capital. So then myself and, and, and my, my brother, you may have seen Geha, uh, we used to go out to evangelize people. You know, I have uh, one Geha for Christ um, in one... I was, I was in, in uh, his, mom, his uh, mom's house um, doing a small group. We had like only like a study study Bible group. We had about four people there. And then he was very skeptical about Christianity, about the Bible, about the missionaries. We called ourselves missionaries. I was going to a Bible college at the time. And he wants to come and, and, and trick me, somehow embarrass me, um, asking me questions about the Bible or God or anything. So then I used to, he came, the first day he came, he stood at the door and, and, I, and then and after he, he listened to the study and then he asked questions and I answered his question by the grace of God. So he was not happy um, because he couldn't embarrass me. So he came back next week. So next week when he came back, 
now he was now um, a little bit closer and then he asked me more questions and by the grace of God I did answer his question and I satisfied his curiosity he was not happy either on the third day on the third Sunday he came down but this time he sat down with us because since the time he was there I started to pray for him Lord speak to this man he wants to know you show him who you are so on the third on the third Sunday he came now he now starting to ask questions in a different way that he wants to know more about Jesus and he gave his life to Christ so we we teamed up later on to go around he had a, uh, a Volkswagen we called it a combi yeah it's like a long I don't know if you um, so he used to uh, we used to put the uh, super eight uh, projector and then was myself and I and his wife so we used to travel about three four hours away from the capital in in different cities projecting movies and we, we would we, we would um, uh, contact the local churches or the small churches or sometimes it's just a small group there's a, a church we just started and then they would announce in the, in the town that uh, a movie would be uh, uh, um, shown in, 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 in the main square and a lot of people would turn up. And we used to uh, project movies like The Cross and the Switchblade. I don't know if you, if you, if you watched it. And there was another one called uh, uh, The Burning Hell. <laughs> and then another one said the, the, the Other Wise Men. Not other, the other wise men is quite interesting uh, movie. If you want to watch, you may find it on YouTube for free. You can, I think you can still watch it. But I, I saw hundreds of people coming to Christ, and I remember one day we went to this town, and we had about, I would say, four hundred people in, in 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 the town, and we started to project. But sometimes the bulb would just blow, and then we would not be able to, or you know, the Super 8 would break and right in the middle of the movie have to stop quickly, do some, um, you know, entertainment before until we um, fix it and then back on again. Um, but then one day we went to this town and I've never seen so many people in, gathered in one place. And then we had one bulb just blow. And we have always have a spare one and that one blew too. So we couldn't do it. So I, I said to him, uh, so what we're going to do, he said, so you better get up there because these people's going to, you know, lynch us. He talked to them. I said, that's fine. And then I started to talk to them. I started to pray. Uh, and then I, the only thing I had to do, or I could do, was to say, God, please do whatever you want to do this today because I can't do anything. Um, the people, they were very disappointed. But then when I got there and I preached, God, by the grace of God, when I finished, maybe a pill, we had more than 100 people coming for word for prayer. But then the father said, we will come next weekend. And then on the following weekend, we were there. We had even more people uh, uh, the day. And God did a wonderful thing. And more people came to Christ, uh, which was a very uh, wonderful experience. So I saw, I said, hundreds of people coming to Christ. And it was humbling and, and, and incredible. But it is difficult to grasp the magnitude of what God did at the time and what it is doing right now through the church in our days. 
And I have to admit the numbers look impressive, even today, when we look at these megachurches. But let me tell you, God isn't impressed by numbers. We have seen megachurches these days doing uh, 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 what, how they're doing or going through a shaming period due to the leader's misbehavior. Scandals can be in different areas, sexually, financially, pride or else. But let me tell you, I'm not standing here as a judge. We are all subject to God's judgment ourselves. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, that warns us that the danger of being proud and boasting our spirituality or our good deeds. We may look around and say, well, how well our church is doing. No, because in this particular chapter, Paul uh, uh, cautions the Corinthians against security on accounts of their gifts, knowledge, or position, since men of great character and enjoying high privileges have fallen into sin and have been severely punished. And Paul particularly cautions against idolatry and all appearances of it. So we, that said that we are standing, we have to be careful so we do not fall. So we have to keep ourselves humble before God, knowing that we are only men, we are only vessels, and God is the one who uses his people. God is the one who owns the church, because the church is his body. The church has had its shares of ups and downs. Many people seem to be talking about the, the demise of the church. But what does God say about the church? What does God say about the church? Do you know what God says about the church? You know, in, in Genesis chapter 1, when we see God using his words to, to, to create everything, he said, let, let that be light, and was light, and, and, and let that be a sea, and, 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 and the animals that to, to, to populate the sea and the skies and so on. He used his words to create everything by simply saying, let that be. He created endless expanses of space and time. You see all the galaxies, everything that God created. He created the laws of physics and oceans, timing of life. The words of God are in, in unimaginably powerful. And we know that. And those weren't the only things God created with his words. The, the text we just read in Matthew 16, Jesus turned to Peter and say, you know, with his words, and there he creates the greatest movement in history. And what is it? We, we, we may don't compare that with the creation itself. Because the sound of his voice reverberates through history into today, and there is light because he said, let there be light. And although this may seem lesser than creation, it, in reality, it is just as cataclysmic or even more significant than, than anything else you may think. But there is the movement that we are part of, that Jesus established himself, not upon Peter the rock, 
but upon the revelation that Peter had about who Jesus was. And the, 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 these rock that Jesus is talking about is not Peter. said, you are Peter, you are rock, but let me say, upon, but upon these, upon, upon what? About the revelation of who you just received from heaven, who I am. Because the church is established based on who Jesus is and what Jesus did and what Jesus uh, established then. And this is the movement you and I are part of. The church, the living and holy body of Christ. This is what church is. His heart beats not only for you, but his heart beats for all of us who are part of this church. So he took it so seriously that he gave his life and he rose from the dead to give us the assurance that the gates of hell shall not or would not never prevail against her. You know, I refuse to accept the dreadful statement of many saying that the church is dying. If anything is dying, are those who are perishing without Christ. But his church is as alive as ever because he is alive. And the essence of the church is Christ himself. The church is in the middle of a season of critique. Especially because men, or many have allowed men to introduce things that does not belong to God, or is not holy at all, or is not what God has ever intended for his church to be, or to become, or to be part of. What God calls us is to be holy. He calls us when he saves you. There is one more thing that you need to do after salvation, which is called sanctification. Because without sanctification, we will not be able to see him. It is hard to find positive news articles about the church these days. We see viral blogs, how the church is missing with the millennials or, or, or the post-millennials. Or about we are in decline or even dying. Let me state it again. The church is not dying. The church is not in decline. Let me tell you what God is doing. And I said this on Friday and I'll say it again. God is purifying his church. His church is not only you and I. We know that. Are those who have come before us, who trusted in Jesus Christ, even though they didn't see him, uh, or even before he's coming to this earth, those like Abraham who saw him and believed, and he was justified. The church of Christ is right there in, in Revelation chapter 7, tells who are the ones who belong to Christ and, and are part of the church of Christ. His church are composed by all those who believe the Lord Jesus Christ then, now, and the coming days. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? This is just the start. Sanctification is our goal. Holiness 
and worshiping the beauty of his holiness is our aim and is our goal. The book of Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 to 17, I want to read it out for you. It says that the great multitude in, the right, in, in white robes. After this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, and they were wearing white, white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cry out in loud voices. You see? Cry out in loud voice. How do you cry out in loud, in loud, in loud voice? Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! That's how you cry out. Isn't it? He said, salvation belongs to God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That was how they cry out. Can you cry out now? All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Salvation belongs to our God. Hallelujah. Then one of the elders asked me. These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? Here are those who are afraid of this thing called tribulation. Listen, tribulation is not a bad thing if you have Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. I answered, Lord, you know. Oh, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. Let me tell you what's going to happen to these people. Never again they will, they, will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not be down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Do you know why, brother and sister, the church is not dying? The church is not declining. The church is being purified by the Lord Jesus Christ. He's separating the wheat from the tares. Because he's the only one who can do it. After COVID-19, you know exactly who was really, really committed with Christ and His church because it is impossible for you to say that you love Jesus, you are committed with Jesus, but you are not really bothered to be part of His church. How can that be? How can 
a groom said, I, okay, I, I, you, you love him, you come to his wedding, but you don't want to know anything about his bride, or you hate his bride, you don't really care about the bride. How can we say that we understand, what, how can we say that church matters if we do not get involved with what church is doing? Because this is church. Not the building itself. Us, you and I. I am not the church. We are the church. Sometimes I can just hear the skeptics, you know, saying, get real, Robson, uh, uh, you know. Having, have you just seen the statistics, especially the ones that recently came that uh, uh, now less than 50% of the population in Britain says they believe in God. Or, or, it's nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with the church of Christ. Believe in God in one thing and be part of his, his church is a completely different thing. But God, God's reality is not our reality. The statistics, the statistics can say one thing. But God is not counting the statistics. Right? God is counting those who wash their robe and the blood of the Lamb. It is not swayed by public opinion or research statistics or whatever. It is easy to find what is wrong with, you know, with the church. But let me tell you, but God has chosen the imperfect to carry his message of a perfect love, which is only found in Jesus Christ. His ways are not our ways. The church is powerful and eternal because God says she is. She is not dying. She is not declining. Her best days are ahead. That's what the book of Revelation tells us. Are you ready to, to become part of these multitude of people with right robes? But let's so get ready for, for tribulation then. Get ready for persecution. Get ready to be despised by, by the, the normal standard that society have now think that, that, that is normal. You either be one of, of them or you be the other. You hear either welcome my faithful servant or you're just going to hear get away from me. I don't know you and be cast out into the lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Get yourself ready. Christ is coming. Let's get ourselves sanctified because Christ is coming. And he is not coming to take to, to you know, to take a, 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 a rotten uh, bride. Dressed like a, 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 um, a tramp, you know, like a, a, a beggar. Like a, 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 a homeless person who has nothing. No, he's coming to take his bride, which is holy and sanctified by his spirit. Maybe you're going through a time of peace in your life right now. Maybe refreshing time. You have, uh, you know, you have already uh, um, acquired many blessings from God. You, you have been blessed. You have been worked so many years now. You're enjoying uh, the retirement. Or you, you're enjoying uh, a new house. You know, new refurbished house. Uh, you're enjoying something nice. You know, the fruit of your labor. That's fine. Perfect fine. Please do enjoy it. 
But maybe sometimes you find your life boring. What about some tribulation to, to, to cheer you up? Huh? To spice up your life? Huh? You and I could be one of those that uh, will be coming out of this great tribulation. I don't know. Do you? But remember, our garments must remain white all the way through. And the only way for our garments to, to remain white is to wash it in the blood of the Lamb on a daily basis. Because every day you sin against God. Let me tell you something. Some, somebody could come to me and say, Oh, Pastor, you know, I'm a good man and I do good works. But let me tell you something. If I could, let me tell you, if, if I could take the last seven days and I have been revealed by God all your thoughts, only thoughts, I'm not so talking about your deeds, all right? If I only take your thoughts for the past seven days and project it right down the screen, I tell you, you will be running away from here. And the people that you think of, you'll be ashamed of people that will, will know what you've been thinking for the last seven days. Only thoughts. How about that? You know, we are, we are reminded by Jesus himself that his bride has a glorious future. Hallelujah. So I don't see a, 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 um, a bride wearing a rotten garment. But Jesus reminds us that we are on the winning team. We are on the winning side. My question for this morning is simple. Does the church matter to you? The church is the bride of Christ. How much? What is the significance of the church for you? I'm not talking the institutions. I'm not talking about Camrose Baptist Church as an institution. I'm talking about those who have washed that robe and the, the blood of the Lamb. I'm talking about those who have confessed Christ Jesus, Lord and Savior of the life, and there is no other God in their lives. They don't bow to anything else. They don't pray to anything else but God alone. Those who worship only God, nothing else. Not your job, nor your idol, you know, not your spouse or anything else in this world. You worship God and God alone. Do you know what the blessing of worship when you really worship God, you may be condemned like Shadrach, Mezak, and Abednego. But let me tell you the result of your worshiping God. Because they, they told the king, Nebuchadnezzar, he said, we will not bow to the statue that you have made. And let me tell you something, O king. Our God will save us. Even if he doesn't save us from your furnace, we will not. We refuse to worship anything else rather than God and God alone. And then he was so furious that he asked the furnace to be, hidden, to, to be heated many times more. Even when the, when the gods open the door, to throw them in, they were all burned and killed straight away because of the heat. And then Shadrach, Mezak, and Abdenek just went through. But then, here comes the king, looking and he asks a question, 
Listen, didn't, didn't we through three people? But I can see four. And one of them, it looks like the son of the God. And he, he, he saw Jesus walking with them. And then, you know, the result of they worshiping God and God alone. And he, and he called them Shadrach, Mezak, and Abednego. Do you know what the Bible says? That not even their hairs were smelling smoke. And I said, when I do a barbecue, as soon as I finish, I have to go and have a, a shower because I'm stinking. Like that. Smoke. But not even the, Imagine if you stand by somebody, you know, a barbecue, you're going to smell it too. But imagine not even their hair were smelly. And what happened, the result of worshiping God, was that the king himself made a decree that no one would ever be able to say anything against the God of Shadrach, Mezak, and Abednego. Otherwise, they would, you know, their house would be destroyed. They would, you know, you, you, you read Daniel. I think it's chapter 3, if I'm not mistaken. That's the result of worshipping God. And church of Christ, God has called us to worship Him. And as a church, we must do. And I said, does the church matter to you? Or you just like to come here on Sunday morning? Get involved with the church life. Get involved with what God is doing. When you see God acting, just stay there. That's, that's, that's where you should be. That's the will of God for you, where God is doing something. Do you really care about the bride of the Lamb? So when you get involved in, in what God is doing in your church, let me tell you, when you become part of what God is doing in your church, not only here in Camrose, but in your church, you, the visiting us today, or those who are listening to me, then you can say that the church matters to you. Because God will be doing all these and more in you and through you. In the church and through the church. Because we are the church. Do you think that the church still matters? Let's pray. I want you to close your eyes where you are. And I want you to ask you this simple question. I didn't preach it. I was just a reflection on what the church is. And I just want to ask you, where are you standing when it comes to the church of Christ? Are you part of this church? Or you just attend meetings where the church gathers? How God can use you in His church The psalmist says, I lift my eyes, O Lord, and see. Your majesty. Lord, open our eyes to see the church as you see her. Give us a heart that beats for you every day, for your body, for your bride. Give us commitment, a great commitment. To serve your bride. To expand your kingdom. Where you have placed us. Let the Holy Spirit inspire us. To pray like this. God give me a passion for your church. Help me to discern my gift. And use me. In the power of your spirit. Let me not be. 
conform to what's going on or just enjoy the blessings that I, I get when I come to the church meeting where the church meets every Sunday. The church gathering. I ask you to move in a great power here in Camrose, Lord. And in every church in Edua District as well as throughout the United Kingdom. But I, I pray specifically, particularly for us here at Camrose and the, and the new season that uh, you are allowing us to, to leave right now. We pray for the growth of the small groups. We pray for commitment from the part of your church here, the members of Camrose. We pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you will not allow them to go um, leaving their lives just as normal, as, as ordinary, but that they will live an extraordinary life for you, serving you here in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www.camrosebc.org.uk. Follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware. 